Amen. That is good. So we are in Mark chapter 4. And we've already read the scripture in your hearing. Amen. I feel good about this word. At least when he gave it to me and I studied and I was writing it down. So let God have his way. Amen. I will preach to you from the subject this morning. Let the storm drive. Let the storm drive. Somebody say, get off the steering wheel. Get off the steering wheel. No, nobody likes to hear that a storm is coming. The heavy winds, the rains, the flooding, the damage put everyone on high alert. And the 2020 season has about only two months left. And so far in this year, we've already seen 25 named storms. The average for an entire season is 12. So the numbers of families and homes that have been affected by storms has more than doubled. The pain of loss Relocating, rebuilding, losing family members. Storms are no joke. But it's also the same with the storms of life. When things hit us unexpectedly, it could be a family storm where death hits. We lost a cousin of ours this year, not this week. I know there's others who have lost loved ones in this week. It's nothing like the storm of, of death when it hits or divorce, what it does to a family and it does to the children. It could be a financial storm, but there's a loss of a job or you got too much bills and not enough money. A health storm with it when you get a diagnosis from your doctor that threatens to shatter all your hopes and dreams. Am I talking to anybody? Storms come in many different shapes and sizes, but they're all storms. And they all impact us differently. This year has been full of storms. We've got government storms, COVID storms, stock market storms and most importantly, spiritual storms. The church has never seen a time like this. When the church went through the Reformation, where we have to space people out, when church is built on coming together, when we have to tell family members that you gotta stay home and watch from online. We, 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 oh, the church has been used to growing and now it's like the church is shrinking. I've seen in, in this, in, since COVID has hit, I've heard and talked to pastors who just decided they're going to quit pastoring. I don't know how you do it, but I guess you can retire and you can quit. It's one thing that is your season and you pass it on. And, you know, I'm just talking about just walking away because 
of the storms that have hit the church that, that just too much people don't want to deal with the different things that go on. So the church is going through storms. Today we're going to learn from Christ how to handle storms. Storms that we face, how all things work together for the good to those that are called according to his purpose. He's going to show us how he uses storms to drive us to our purpose and our destiny. Amen. Somebody say go to work. In Mark chapter 4 and verse 35, now we, we read and we're walking through Mark. So we see last week where Mark, he was giving us the parable of the sower. And, and, and he, he began to, we, we know he's coming out of healing a lot of people and, and, and work in ministry. And, and Mark chapter 4 verse 35 says, And the same day when the evening was come, he said to them, let us pass over to the other side. <clears throat> the same day when evening was come, he said to them, let us pass over to the other side. The same day when evening was come, he said to them, let us pass over to the other side. I'm going to say it again until they get, uh, get the message. The same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us pass over to the other side. Well, well, what I want you to recognize is the importance of time, appointment, and purpose. Time, appointment, and purpose. See, the journey is never about our convenience. I'm preaching already. The journey always has a fear that has to be paid. Oh my God. Do you remember the young rich ruler? When he had to get rid of some. He didn't, want to, he didn't want to sell all he had. Do you remember Abraham? He told him to get out of his country and away from his family. Moses had to reside on the backside of the desert for 40 years. The disciples had to take up their cross. The same day when evening was come, he said to them, let us go over to the, to the other side. So, so what I want you to understand is that well, the, the destination, when you're, when you're moving in purpose, yeah, bring me down a little bit, it's too hot. That, that is never going to be about convenience. Why? Because traveling in the dark was not the best time to make this journey. And it was the same day. The same day, the same day Jesus had just finished ministering to the multitude. The same day, he was tired. Anybody that has ever ministered to someone knows that it drains you of your energy. 
It's not easy to preach every Sunday. You can desire it once a month, maybe once every two months. But to have to do this every Sunday, it trains you. Not to mention the phone calls, the things you have to do during the week for people. It trains you. And Jesus had just finished ministering and pouring out of himself to a multitude of people. And then having to teach his disciples in a second service. Because they didn't get it at the first service. So it was it was the same day and the evening had come and now he, he, he was tired. Now, this is important. I'm going I'm to take my time. It's important because we need to understand that they were about to make a journey across the Galilean Sea. And what we need to understand is that there were high cliffs that overlooked the Sea of Galilee. Such storms would result from differences in temperatures between the seacoast and the mountains beyond. The Sea of Galilee lies 680 feet below sea level. It is bounded by hills, especially on the east side where they reach about 2,000 feet high. These heights are a source of cool, dry air. In contrast, directly around the sea, the climate is semi-tropical with warm, moist air. The large difference in the height between surrounding land and the sea causes large temperature and pressure changes. This results in strong winds dropping into the sea, funneling through the hills. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. The Sea of Galilee is small, and these winds may descend directly into the center of the lake with violent results. When the contrasting air masses meet, a storm can arise quickly and without warning. Small boats caught out on the sea are in immediate danger. Also, the Sea of Galilee is relatively shallow. It's just 200 feet at its greatest depth. And a shallow lake is whipped up by the wind more rapidly than deep waters, where the energy is more readily observed. Now, when we were on a cruise, there was always one night we went twice, and there was always one night where that boat would just be rocking. And you'd see the waves beating up onto the ship, and you just got to hold on, and God, you got this boat. That's when you know, that's when you have the real prayer. When you're looking out, you can't see nothing. So, Lake Erie in the United States provides somewhat a similar uh, to the Sea of Galilee. The area is more than 100 miles larger, but it has the same 200 feet maximum depth, the shallowest of the Great Lakes. Lake Erie is especially well known as the stormy, moody member of the Great Lake system. It is easily stirred up by violent winds. Now, I'm giving you all that information because I want you to understand that the disciples were experienced, some of them were experienced fishermen. And they would have knew that now is not the time to be making this trip. 
they would have understood that at night, it, the odds would not be in favor to make it across the Sea of Galilee. Because if you're going to travel that sea, it's best to do it early in the morning when at least you have a chance of seeing what's coming. Not to mention, they had already just ministered and Jesus was tired. How many of you know that you never start out on a dangerous trip tired? So I'm talking to somebody up in there. The proper time would not have been to make this trip at evening, especially with Jesus tired. Right? How many of y'all have, have been, God has been calling you to do something and you just feel tired? Well, okay, let me put it this way. How many of you feel that God has you moving into purpose, but it ain't the right time? If you, God ever told you to do something, you got to try to figure out the timing. But well, now ain't the time for God. It can't be the right time for me to be making this move. And you've already been dealing with stuff, so you're already not in the best spiritual condition. Okay, you ain't going to say nothing. That, that, that the odds don't seem like they're in your favor to make this trip. But I'm, I'm, I'm here to talk to just a few people this morning because I, I feel my hope already. God does not need the odds to be in our favor to succeed in his purposes. Jesus. See, because he, he, he chopped down Gideon's army just to show that he didn't need a whole bunch of people to get something done. He used a slingshot to slay a giant. He chooses weak things to come... Okay, I, okay. So so whenever God is telling you it's time to get to the other side, he's not concerned about what time it is, and he's not concerned if he's tired. Okay, maybe maybe I'm just going to be talking to myself this morning. So verse 36 says, when he sent the multitude away, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also other little ships. Notice that they took him even as he was. But they sent the multitude away first. God can't get you the way you're going because you got too many people around you. You, 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 you. We talked about that multitude before. You, you can't go where God wants you to go if you still got the multitude around. That's right. Now, I don't know who your multitude is, but I just sense in my spirit that God is trying to tell us that there's some people that just can't go with you. See, Abraham didn't even want to listen to God when he told him to get out, so he decided he was going to take his cousin Lot. Because you know how we all got that first cousin. We just got to be supportive to. Even though Lot act a fool. Who am I preaching to? Some of you will never get to where God really wants you to be because you are afraid to let go of Lot. But even in that, you ain't got to worry about it because God got a way of working some stuff out of life that you just going to have to leave that crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like what it says that they took him even as he was. This is a statement with a double meaning. First, he wasn't in the sharpest condition to travel because I told you he was tired. But I think the second meaning is what really, really opens our eyes to what this meant. 
They didn't question his command. Come on, Christian, give me a little something. Wake these people up. There you go. Just making sure you ain't sleeping on. God wants people with radical obedience. Well, you don't need all the answers to all the equations. Right. Right. The Bible says, lead not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways. And what will he do? He will direct your path. Come on, help me. He will direct your path. So it said he took him even as he was. You got to take God even as he's... You got to stop questioning. Well, come on, help me. You got to stop questioning when God gives you direction. And take him even as he was. I know why you're quiet, because you got to have everything figured out. You got your plans. But there he was, and he took her with him also other little ships. So I say little ships. That's the little people. They were, this is going to be important in a minute. But just know that they weren't alone when they traveled. He sent the multitude away, and they got in the ship, but there were also other little ships with them. The people who wouldn't go went. Okay. The people who received from God and did not want to turn back, no matter how dangerous the voyage ahead was. See, don't look for the big people to follow you. You look for the ones that are willing to be the little people that are willing to get in the sea with you, traveling a dangerous road with you, they were serious about their relationship. Woo! And here, here we go. Listen, let's let's go. Because I just I just want to I just want to get to this this point right here. There arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat, waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. This would have been the time where you would hear what? Come on, fellas. I told you so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, is, this would have been the perfect moment. I told you so. We shouldn't have made this trip in the first place. This was not the best time. But but now here come the waves and they're beating into the ship. So now that the ship is full, see, there's a difference between being beat up on and being beat into. When the elements from the outside begin to affect our inner man, we have encountered a real problem. It was okay if the waves were outside the ship. But all we want to make sure is that the water doesn't get in the ship. When water gets in the boat, we're in trouble. Whoo! Okay, okay, okay. Maybe they missed it. 
because the heart is where the issues of life are worked out and the heart is the battleground for faith we need to understand that our enemy loves it when we allow what he's organizing on the outside to blind our revelation that's on the inside when what's happening around you affects what's in you it blocks your view of who God is and that's when you begin to worry and doubt what God has said. What did God tell them? Get in the boat. We have to go to the other side. He didn't say we may make it to the other side. He said we must go to the other side. Somebody say, I got to be there. See, no matter what happens on your way there, just know you're going to get there. Amen. But when you allow diagnosis, sickness, financial problems, marital problems, anything that's going on in your life to go ahead and affect your view of God, you have just encountered a problem. Because now you start operating in fear instead of faith. Oh. And then it says he was asleep. Where's Jesus? He's asleep on a pillow. And they woke him up and he said, Master, cares not that we perish. Notice where Jesus was. He was in the lower part of the ship. Notice what he was doing. He was sleeping. Oh, my God. The God who never sleeps or slumber was taking a nap. Ain't that right? God in the flesh was tired. That's why you need to come to Bible study. You need to end. You need it because it's going to start making sense real good right about now. That his fleshly being was tired, but his spiritual man was wide awake. Because God's spirit can't sleep. So Jesus needed rest in his physical body. While his eye top, y'all better come on. While his above the arch was watching out. Oh my God. Oh my God. He, he wasn't concerned because he was still in control. The disciples didn't know God put the ship on autopilot. Oh my God. And so they woke him up because in their eyes, they saw a malfunction in the mission. I'm preaching now. Yeah, yeah. They, see, they, they saw the storm and they said, God told us to get to the other side, but now there's a problem. There's a malfunction in the mission. We got to wake him up. Somebody say, you ain't got to wake him up. He's already up. This is all a test. Notice the disciples' selfishness. I know you didn't see it. You didn't see their selfishness. Jesus, wake up. Don't you care that we are perishing? But they weren't the only ones in danger. Because right. there were other little ships. Right, right. They, they, they weren't thinking about the little people. They were worried about themselves. Right. Yeah. Care not that we. How many of you ever prayed that prayer? You've been going through something. You you come to church, you pay your tithes, you do your thing, you give God praise, and then you're in a storm, and you're like, God, don't you... I don't care what my neighbor's going through. I know about 40 other people 
that deserve this storm right here. But don't you care that we perish? Me, I. Ooh. Jesus is asleep, but God is not. And the Bible says he arose. I'm going to finish this message because I, 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 I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know who I'm talking to. He arose, he rebuked the wind in the sea, and he peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? This was a faith test. There were other times in the Bible where Jesus said, Oh, ye of little faith. Great faith. But they have no faith. But the Bible tells us that God has given to every man a measure of faith. They have allowed their outside circumstance to minimize their measure to the point that they had no faith. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. They, they allowed fear to rob them of their power. They were afraid to use their power because faith cannot operate with fear. They cannot coexist. Remember in Mark, we didn't get there yet, but I know you read it, but Mark chapter 11, verse 20, he says this, now in the morning when they passed by, so remember this is about the fig tree, remember Jesus cursed the fig tree, and told, because the fig tree was faking, it was a fake fig tree, and he told them he was going to die for fun, <laughs> y'all ain't going to say nothing. And this says, in the morning they passed by the fig tree and they saw it dried up at the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus answered him and said, have faith in God. For surely I say unto you, whoever will say unto this mountain be removed, cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. He will have whatever he says. He will have whatever he says. Thank you, Sister Nikki. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. They allowed the storms to silence their faith. But God said, I've given you power to speak to the storm. And here he said, if you would have spoke to it, it would have been quiet. Yeah. See, see, the reason why next level, I'm sick of fighting with y'all, is because you won't open your mouth. Why do we have to keep fighting with you to open your mouth? You want to see power. Power ain't just when I preach. It's when you open your mouth and you say to the mountain. But because fear has come in and has shut you up and the enemy don't want you to say anything. All Jesus did was wake up and say, peace be still. 
Right. He's telling us. If you had faith, you would have said it. Amen. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, I know what you're saying. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Well, Pastor, they didn't get to Mark chapter 11 yet, so they didn't know they could say it. And this just happened before. How did they know what to say? Oh, my God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because this is how they knew what to say. Because Jesus had already taught them that they had power. He was just going to sleep to see if they... Because the same words they used to wake Jesus up would have been the same words they could have used to shut the storm up. So they had enough faith in Jesus who was asleep, but not the storm that was raging. I want to tell somebody this morning that you've been talking to the wrong thing. You've been talking to the wrong thing. You are supposed to speak to the storm. Don't let it. Oh, God, help me right here. I'm, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. So then, let, let me close this message and tie it all up for you. They feared exceedingly, which means their level of fear. Because now we're, they were not only scared of the storm. But now they were afraid of who was with them. Yeah. Oh my God. What, what manner of man is this? We saw the devils listen to him. We saw sickness listen to him. We saw blindness listen to him. But we never seen water listen to him. What what manner a man <laughs> it, it is this? It is the God man. It's, it's the same man that stood at the door of darkness. Come on, help me. And said, let there be light. It's the God man, the same man that stood in space and said, separated the stars. And, and then said, let the waters divide themselves. The, the same man, that's the same man. He, used the, he uses the stones to drive us to our destination. Because the creator always has power to direct what he created. Oh my God, it's getting good. See, the storm, I know you understand that the sheep know his voice and another will not follow, but the storms know his voice. Y'all better help me. Everything knows his voice. Somebody say, you better act like you know his voice. And God is saying, let me drive you to where you need to be by using a storm. God has chosen to use the ear of the storm as well as the eye of the storm. See, I always had to ask myself, why do we study the eye of the storm? They study the eye of the storm because the eye is when everything moves around the eye. They follow the eye, they know where to you only need an eye to see where you're going. Oh, Jesus. So God is saying the storm has to know where it's going. 
Oh, okay, okay. Let, let me let me help you. Tap your neighbor and say, neighbor, let the storm drive you. Let, let it drive you like it drove Joseph. Uh-huh. When his family members tried to whip up a storm in Joseph's life, and that ruin threw him in the pit and landed him in the palace. Somebody say he used the storm. Let, let, let him use a storm like he used with Jonah when Jonah decided he wasn't going to listen to the direction of God and God whipped up a storm on the sea and they had to throw Jonah overboard and oh y'all better help me and he had to travel by way of whale cruise lines to his destination somebody say drive the storm how about Job when all the storms just kept coming one after another only Job God knew that God was using the storms so that God could drive Job to a double portion a lot of people want a double portion but they don't want to go through the storm I'm reminded of Paul when the enemies wanted to kill him and God, Paul said, don't worry about it, the ship will suffer wreck, but we will make it to the other side and we gotta get there on broken pieces, thank God for the storm, I'm trying to help somebody, and second Kings it lets us know that God is in the world when, that the dust and his feet are in the world when, he uses the storm, and if I had to use Jesus. I'm reminded when he said it is finished and the storm clouds moved in and it got dark and the veil was rent from top to bottom and God, all that storm came down as Jesus transitioned from earth to heaven. Y'all better help me. I'm trying to tell you that when there is a storm in your life, it is a sign that God is about to transition some stuff in your life. But you gotta learn not to curse at the storm, not to fuss at the storm. Storms are a sign of transition. The storms raised through, Katrina, they had to rebuild, transition. Storms come in your life. Some storms in relationships will make you leave somebody. You ain't gonna say nothing. You ain't gonna say nothing. Cause God knew if he didn't make it crazy, you'd stay. That's right. Amen. 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 Storms. To help you come to your senses. But drive us right into our purpose. He speaks to it. And when it says, when he says peace be still, that's when it listens. You can't drive. Them, them disciples didn't understand when he told them we're going to the other side. He had an appointment with the man who had a demon. And he couldn't waste time. I, I know I'm getting ahead of myself. We're going to talk about it next week. But he couldn't waste time because the demon that he had an account, an appointment with, was hurting himself. See, see, so he told him, let's get in this boat at night and I'm going to speak to the storm. The storm, oh my God, is listening to my voice. Just go to sleep. When you see God resting, why don't you rest? Oh my God. And that storm pushed them the way they needed to be. 
Sometimes God will raise up a storm in your life to get you to somebody. It's not just getting out of something. It's getting you to something. Because somebody else might be caught up in something that needs you. And when you get over there, you'll be able to testify that if it had not been for the Lord that was on our side, we wouldn't have made it to the other side. Don't come out of the storm acting like you in. Acting like it's all about you. Because there's some people that was in that storm that didn't make it out. Better thank God that He spoke to your storm. Cause you would have lost your mind in the storm. I'm reminded of the Wizard of Oz. When, when the tornado came in and had to live up Dorothy. Y'all better help me up in here. Don't you make me pull Toto up in this message? She had to grow up through the storm. Yes, I'm talking about the whiz. But I, y'all better stop. Y'all better help me up in here. Say maybe you got to get out of there with them little kids and find themselves. She wanted to stay up in there. I would have wanted to stay up in there too. Did you see that food they was in? I wouldn't have ever wanted to leave home. But God had to send a storm. you get heart. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't been there before. I got I got heart to go in here. Uh, I got courage. I got a brain. Y'all better help me. Some of God, God bringing some of you through a storm just so you can come to your senses. Oh, who am I preaching to? Because you ain't in your right mind. Thank God for the storms. Amen. It's gonna be the four, the, the craziest four years of our lives. We have. we have been in a whirlwind and a storm. But we made it. Amen. Listen, I don't care who you voted for, we still made it. Even if you voted for him, you better be giving God praise that you made it. And we could be celebrating right now, but I'm going to tell you this from the throne room of heaven. We may be celebrating right now, but you hear this. This is going to be one of the craziest years of our lives. It is not going to calm down just because there was a transition. He just even went up that much more. And so we can wave it all in their face if we want to. But something I learned from the block, you don't provoke or let anybody know what you're doing. Yes, right. Right. Yes, that's right. Yes, Come on. That's right. 
it's time to pray. Amen. I know some of y'all see my face. I had to get my issue off. I got my issue off. I'm good now. I ain't going to say nothing else. Just had to let them know. You people want to question your Christianity. Don't come to me with that. given us power. Don't let anything around you get you in a place where you are fearful. And your authority. Especially when you got Jesus on the boat. Keep Jesus on the boat. You're going to make it. As soon as you start thinking you can do it yourself, you're in trouble. In every relationship, in every situation, keep him first. And don't for one moment think he's sleeping. As a matter of fact, when, thank you, Holy Spirit. When you, see, see, let me say this, because we got mature. That's why I mean, you really need this, really, you really need to lock in on Bible study. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to help you. This really just makes things make a lot more sense. But. How many people growing in Bible study? How many people are really growing? Amen. You, you got to really understand that when Jesus seems like he is sleeping in your situation, it is because he believes you are grown enough to take a nap. Does that make sense? If, if, if you're watching my kids at their age, would you feel comfortable taking a nap? Yeah, because they're pretty mature, right? And Steve, if you let me babysit little Steve and I just go to sleep, see, see Monique's face right there through the mask? That's a problem. I can't say, well, I took a nap. I was tired because I thought Steve was mature enough to know. <laughs> Yesterday, I was, I was, I was getting ready to get my back down to share this story. I'm having a moment. So, I was in the parking lot. I went to Marshall's and spent one of my gift cards that y'all lovely people gave me. Thank you very much. And I'm watching. And I see this woman who has six kids. She's carrying what looks like to be the baby. And then and and all the kids look like they were between the ages of, I would say, two and at the most seven. So she's got the baby, and there's three kids, I think he had three kids around her. Other might have been four, and they're walking. And you, I'm in here, I'm in Plaza by Marshall's. They were by Ashley's ice cream. And then I saw the other two kids. I know they were babies because one still had a Batman costume on. And, he, and the brother looked like he was about six, had his hand, and they're walking through this parking lot trying. Who is about two, 
blocks away. I said, this is, so I started cruising, I cruised by this mission, and I'm looking at her, I'm like, they were just halfway up a hill, and she didn't, she, I was looking to see if she was going to look back and check to see what other, she never looked back. That's, that's not responsible. No, not at all. You, you don't do that with kids. Why are you telling me that story? When, when it looks like Jesus ain't moving in your life, it's not because he's not there. Because he's everywhere. And he is there. But maybe he just trusts that what he put in you, you can let him sleep. Come on. Yep. Without freaking out about your situation and waking him up for everything. Right, right, right. Can you catch it? Yeah. I like to call Jesus for the heavy things. I know he's in everything I do because I put him in front. But when there's something that I really, I'm, I just, God, I, I need you to help me in this. But, but I, I don't, I don't bother him for stuff. He, I know he's given me the power to him. It's time for us to grow up. It's time for us to grow up in our faith. Some of you got black belts. That Bible says, call for the elders that they may pray for you. But some of you have been through diagnosis after diagnosis, after treatment after treatment, after doctor after doctor after pill after pill after, and God has been there for you time and time again. The enemy should try something new if he had any sense. Storm he got you in. Make it a minister. 
ministry. Don't want to be homeless? Go down there on that green to serve. Make it a ministry. Control the storm. Storm chases. I know you like Pastor all right you, but I, I don't want no parts but no storm. But then you don't want to grow. You don't want to grow. Especially if it's the same storm. Sometimes we need help. Have to be willing to get it. But at the end of the day, God is going to get the glory. Amen. So God, we, we thank you. We know that you choose what the storm can do, how far the storm can go, how fast the winds can blow. And you said you never put more on us than we can handle. We thank you that we're built on the rock, that when the winds blow, our house won't fall, our faith won't fail. Whether it's a financial storm, a burial storm, a health crisis, whatever it is, God, keep us rooted and standing on our firm foundation. When we don't know what to do, we know that you'll wake up and say, peace be still. Help us to be still. Help us to wait on you and to trust you. It's not easy. And sometimes we need friends to just hold our hands so that the winds don't blow us. Let us know that we're not in it alone. And we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Grace and peace.